Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this episode of Shop Talk, Mike and I talk about balance. Not balance in the sense of balancing on one leg, but balance in terms of work-life balance. Seeking balance when it comes to food, technology, stress, um, and balancing training and recovery. Our goal was really to air out the process of working towards balance in life in general, and I hope you find the topic relatable and helpful in your own life. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by TFC Shop, your one-stop shop for natural footwear that doesn't mess up your feet, for foot health accessories, and for balance beams. Our goal with TFC Shop is to only feature products that are well-made, help you improve your body, and to deliver the best purchase experience possible. We're continually working to improve our customer service, and as we grow, uh, we're super thankful for anyone that supports TFC with their purchases. You can check out tfc-shop.com to check out what we offer. This episode of The Audio Project is also brought to you by the Roasters Pack. Our team at TFC Head Office are big fans of coffee before 11 a.m., and this Canadian company provides a unique subscription service that delivers you three awesome coffees to your door each month and gives you the story behind the craft roasters that they come from. Check out theroasterspack.com and use the code FOOT at checkout for 7 bucks off your first month of any subscription. Those start at 27 a month, all in, including shipping and taxes, which is less than a buck per cup, so it's a good deal. Uh, this episode is also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear for our seminars and workshops. They make super high-quality cases that can keep your electronics safe during travel, and you can check out their cases at nanook.com, N-A-N-U-K.com. That's it for sponsors, so let's dig into this episode. I hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hey folks, Nick and Mike here, back for another episode of Shop Talk. Today's episode, um, we're going to talk about balance. That's the topic of the day. And not balance, probably in the sense that most people would think, you know, not balance in the sense of balance beam work or hip stability work. We'll save that one for another day, but balance in terms of... Um, well, balance can apply to, to a lot of realms in life and we'll cover them today. You know, work-life balance, balance when it comes to food, when it comes to stress. So we're going to cover a bunch of different, um, elements or, or I guess applications of the word balance. And, um, and as we go through them, we'll kind of unpack them and give a bit of a, a personal perspective from us in terms of what we've learned in terms of restoring balance in our lives. Um, but also just some general concepts around each kind of banner. Um, so maybe the, a good place to start is talk about what balance actually is right balance of um balance uh, has a lot of meetings and i think balance at its core means a state of equilibrium or a state where opposing forces harmonize and become in balance right huh. i think that's what it that's why it's called that and another definition i got is that the condition in which different elements are in equal or in correct proportions so not necessarily equal but the correct proportions and then right. We'll be talking about the the elements that I w- just spoke of. So, what elements are those that are in cr- the correct proportions in your life? Yep. So that's a good point, actually, because it's like when I was thinking of balance when it comes to well, let's talk about balance when it comes to food, for example. You know, we sometimes make the comparison of food versus fun. Fun is you know, donuts are fun, but they're not food. Uh, broccoli is food, although some people not might not find it fun, and. You know, I think people fixate too much on being perfect with their diet and then they make themselves feel like crap when they eat a donut. When in reality, you know, an optimal balance when it comes to food probably includes a little bit of fun, right? It's okay to have some fun, 
you shouldn't be having as much fun as you are having food. So that's where that proportion thing comes into play, where a good balance in the world of food comes from a little bit of fun and a lot of food. That's it. And I think you could apply that same concept to just in general to, to like life. So, yep. so some questions like what does it mean to achieve balance in life? And I think that's very personalized. I think everybody's definition of that will be different. But I also think people are need to find what that means for them and not get influenced by the slew of things that can influence you in terms of that. So yeah. culture and society, we'll get into that. But um, I think this like the big thing is how do you find balance? What does it mean to you? Um, what are some strategies you can you can do to find balance? Um, and then what what are these elements that we'll get into that contribute to this balance? Because I think we can go so heavy on certain elements of it and forget about other elements. But yeah. The thing is that we're going to get to, too, is that some of these other elements that we might think that aren't as productive to our our perceived goal are actually going to bring us close to our goals if we prioritize them are more. Are crucial sometimes. Are crucial, yeah. Like we'll talk about that when it comes to like um, solitude and uh, like in a broad sense, the word meditation, where you're just spending time alone with your thoughts, how that is actually one of the biggest factors that enhances your productivity when you're working. And most yeah. people feel guilty taking time where they're not working, when in reality, you essentially burn out if all you do is rev at a high RPM. And you're actually going to increase your, your performance in terms of work by taking a little bit of time and restoring balance of getting some mental clarity in order to then refocus. So yeah, we'll so it's that. like, how it's not only do you have the correct portion proportion of things but it's how what's the interplay of all of these things together yeah and they kind of like create a recipe of uh a balanced recipe that that makes you um you know allows you to go through life in in a state that you actually are comfortable with that you that you want that you enjoy that you've created so it's like creating the the interplay of things and realizing that um, they all feed each other if you set them up in the correct proportions and mm -hmm. uh, build from each other, um, which is kind of cool. It's like the chemistry of the balance that you create um, yeah. determines your not only like how you enjoy life, but also your your health and everything surrounding it too, your health and wellness and well-being. Well, we talked about this before, just like health health is not a state it's not like a final destination where a train arrives you're at perfect health and that's it it's like a constant journey a constantly evolving process health is a process and i think balance fits into that category too where you're not re trying to reach this state of perfect balance because guess what every single day you're going to have something that's going to try and throw you out of that equilibrium which is yeah. called life and this is actually a good thing if you perceive it as such um and i think we just have to Appreciate the fact that if every day you're trying to improve the balance in your life in all these different realms, then you're going in the right direction and you should feel good and confident that as long as you're doing, even if you take a tiny, tiny step um, towards achieving better balance, you're making progress, right? This whole thing of Kaizen of constant incremental improvement through infinitesimally sometimes small steps makes a big difference. And so, you know... Based on that too, like if you think about the biological system, it's doing that internally um, without you knowing it. So, <laughs> so you have this like homeostatic system that if you're if you throw something at your body, your body has all these built-in checks and balances, and it's like okay, we'll mobilize this system, do this, 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 and it's trying to get you okay. Let's try to get you back to where you you want to be or should be. Yeah. We almost uh, should think about consciously doing the same thing 
um, from from outside and, and saying, okay, uh, taking more control of that that and, and replicating kind of what a biological system will do under um, without our control. So it, it's kind of that, you know, if we get out of balance a bit, we do some things to bring us back in. We're always in this ebb and flow of trying to find kind of that middle path. Yep. And I think some people's middle path is just, they don't know what their middle path should be or, or uh, and they're way off and they're not consciously aware of what, what they should be doing to kind of get it back mm-hmm. in check. And then they're getting all these signals from their, from their body that are kind of telling them, it's like, okay, we've tried to deal with this under the surface, but like, we're giving you messages now that you're, you're not yeah. in check anymore. <laughs> you need to get, you need to get back in check so we can actually, yeah. I think it's like the biological system does its best until it's way it smarter than us. It's so much smarter yeah. than us. We're just so dumb that we refuse to accept, like when you get pain and you just ignore it, your body's smart. It's sending you a signal for change and you're just ignoring it. It's like, it's, and, and I think yeah. an analogy that I have started to kind of think of when it comes to balance is a teeter totter. And in order to, you know, balance, optimal balance is not actually when the teeter totter is perfectly flat, when it's perfectly balanced or like a weight scale. It's when the teeter totter is teetering back and forth, but one of the ends isn't slamming into the ground. And yeah. I think that gives you this perspective that balance is actually this wide, array of of possible states where you're not quite in perfect balance but you're within your ability to cope with that stressor and you might be in perfect balance for little glimpses of time and then you can also learn from those glimpses too i i think you need to learn from when you're when the teeter-totter is at its limits you need to that's a perfect time to learn you gotta know when when they hear the signals. Yeah. yeah. And then also right. when the teeter-totter is in almost perfect balance in the middle, you also need to learn from that. It's like, oh, this feels good. I must be doing the right things. Make yeah. note of what you're doing. Oh, shit. I'm almost hitting the ground on the teeter-totter. What's going on here too? Exactly. Try to do the things that kind of get you into that middle balance a bit more. And sometimes knowing, like you just said, reflect and trying to, like if you're right in the sweet spot, right? It's kind of like being in the sweet spot when you're on a balance beam. You're like, oh my God, this feels so easy. What's going on here? It's important to reflect on how you got there because that helps you get back there. And for some people, I really think that a journal or writing stuff down is the most powerful tool because it gives you a record of what you did, you know, before that day or the week before and gives you hints as to try and problem solve as to how the hell did I get to this place where I'm in, I feel good so that I know the path to get back here when I'm really out of balance. And maybe that's the purpose of, of emotions in terms of like, if you think of, of, pain and suffering on on one end of things um but then like joy and and just the feeling that you're uh feeling good feeling happy feeling signal this is like oh okay so we 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 always say like learn from from your pain learn from when you're feeling like shit like there's there's going to be things that that you're doing to but the opposite is just as equally true learn from when you feel good right um i think that's we haven't talked about that much but that's uh, just as important i agree so now some of the elements that I have, like, and we'll go through and through some of them, but these elements that are imbalanced, what are those? And, and they might be different for, for different people, but some of the ones that I, I was thinking of is just your, your work. Okay. So that's going to make up a big part of your life, but, um, well, but also balancing it with just, just to kind of outline them, like play would be another one yep. for me, leisure, self-development time, fitness and exercise. We'll get into the nutrition piece. 
and then relationships, family, community, and all of that. It's like, these are a lot of things. Yeah. And I feel like everything you just said is essentially unpacking the word life. Because the first thing I had Mm -hmm. written down is work-life balance. And work-life, people talk about this all the time, but it's a very abstract concept. Because like, what is life? What do you mean by life? I'm living. Does that mean I have a life? And it's like everything you just lifted off is essentially a subcomponent of life. life. And if... You know, we, we even talked about this before the podcast started. We live in a culture that glorifies and oversexifies the person who grinds nonstop, mm-hmm. who doesn't sleep, who makes a ton of money, who buys a bunch of shit that they really don't need. And I think that example, that over glorification gives people this internal conflict where it's like, okay, I'm grinding. I'm trying to do as much as I can to make as much money as I can at the expense of my life, at the expense of my health, at the expense of my relationships. Yeah. And like, that's a terrible balance, but it is glorified in common culture. And I think we just need to correct that because the people who are doing that and succeeding at doing that or what they see as succeeding are sometimes the most miserable, unhealthy people. Yeah. It's like, what What do you prioritize? If you prioritize, if the end goal is, is money, let's say, that might be an effective way if the end goal is money. But if the end yeah. goal is everything, like in terms of if the end goal is balance, if the end goal is well-being, if the end goal is health, um, then that is not the way to do it. So, but I, so that's the confusion there for a lot of people is they're they're just getting their end goal wrong. They're thinking that money is the end goal, but money again may filter into you having more of a balanced life. It's kind of this this thing, but it's not the absolute end goal. And I think that that's like what just is like the a, cost of that money? Because I think you've seen it. I've seen it in patients that work super hard their whole life are now in their are now like sixty five or seventy and have essentially burned out their body from a life of hard work so that they have all this money. They've pulled up all these these you know these treasures and they can't even do the things they want to do because their body's breaking down as a result of the cost of getting that money. Yeah. Right? And all of those people that I've asked and kind of talked to always say the same thing. I wish I would have focused more on enjoying my life while I was living mm-hmm. instead of waiting and kicking the bucket down the road and sacrificing my health and happiness for 60 years to try and enjoy the last 40 because guess what now my last 40 are miserable and the other thing is it's like crazy they didn't have balance the whole way leading up to the point where they think they're going to enjoy things but then they don't have balance again yeah it's exactly. like they, they've often it's like oh man like I've just given up everything now I, my goal is to like laying on a beach in the sun is like not People just think they're going to grind for 40, 50 years and then they're going to just lay on a beach and drink yeah. uh, margaritas. But <laughs> That's such a weird But goal. it's like, okay, well, then you're out of balance again. So After two days, from, it's boring as shit. <laughs> how about live more balanced the whole time through? Yeah. And then, yeah, and maybe you do go through little phases in life where, yeah, like you're, you're a bit older, you're, you still have purpose, you're still doing things to be a productive member of society. But maybe you're not putting in the same. Maybe your maybe your balance, your definition of balance changes a little bit as life goes on. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But I think being out of balance your entire life is not uh, something that that should be should be done. Or I think a lot of people just yeah, like you say, don't even know it. And it comes down to like work ideologies and like North American work ideologies because it's it's not necessarily the whole world that lives like this. Although. Mm-hmm. You could argue that it's, these ideologies are spreading around the world too with social media and things like that. Yeah. But if you think about even just looking at some of the vacation allowances from different countries, you, you will see that, okay, different areas of the world 
they treat this a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> Very different. Like Spain, uh, I was looking at like it's common to get 30 days of vacation. Scandinavian countries, 25 days of vacation. Um, different places in Europe, the, these like just and a vacation again. It's not a perfect metric, but at least they're valuing like valuing uh, and saying like, okay, you need this, so we're gonna yeah. allow a lot it to you. What you do with that is up to you, but um, at least we're saying like this is needed, and I think we'll get into the productivity side of things too. Well, their sense of balance is such that you need a month off per year to remain in, to have the opportunity to maintain a good work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Whereas in North America, it's like you get a week or two off and you can tell what they prioritize, right? They prioritize the work culture, the grinding culture, just by how much time the average person gets off from work. Yeah. Um, And and, and even how long you get off on mat leave. Like I was talking to Felix, um, TFC Germany, on Instagram, but Felix Oler in Germany says that the government will actually pay you per every month. They give you a stipend for mat leave and you're allowed to take up to, I believe, two years. And actually, I think you're you get paid a certain amount in the first year per month and then you can go up to three years, but you get a little bit less each month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look in North America, the average person is going to go back to work in like, what, eight months, maybe a year. And then they have to put their kids in the care of someone else when like, it's just a crazy skewed, um, like perception of what matters in life. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it really plays into the part that, you know, the culture that values grinding most of all the other, of all the other cultures or countries is actually one of the most unhappy, unhealthy countries in the world. And I think we just need to take a step back and say, how do we help get back to restoring a bit more balance? Because... I think that for a lot of people, this concept of when we listed the other things like play, leisure, self-development, fitness, and all of that, um, there's this weird guilt that I've felt before and I still do feel of I should be working right now. Like when you do take a little bit of leisure time, it's like this weird thing where you're always thinking that's just like it's burnt into your brain. You're like, I should be working. Um, The other people, other people are working. I should be working. But it's, it's like, wait, do you? What is, it's all made up. This whole ideology exactly. is made up. So should you be working right now? It's like, what or, do I enjoy best? What do I, what is most healthy and most balanced for me? That's really yeah. what should matter. And then the other thing is doing the the play, the leisure, the self-development and all of that and prioritizing that will help the greater, the greater good, the greater goal. It will yeah. help your work. It will help your productivity. Uh, it'll help you be more effective in, in life as well. Um, just like, I will give myself time to read topics that I just find interesting mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily related to my specific field for the purpose that I, I know it's going to help the greater good too. Yeah. And not feeling guilty of that. And, and it's same thing. It's like, I will go on a, on a day, a full day hike because I know it's going to, and, and again, I like doing it, but I think the second order consequences of it are that it's actually going to help my work in, yes. in, the, in an indirect way. And I think so, we've both had to like, well, first, I want to say that neither of us were always like, I think we have pretty good balance, right? But we both, so Mike and I both run and own uh, businesses. And I think one thing that comes with running a business that's of a certain scale, like bigger than just one employee, um, is that you automatically onboard a lot of external stressors, right? Like mm-hmm. if one of your employees is sick, that's stressful for two reasons. Number one, you have to figure out how the business is going to operate without them. Number two, if you run a business optimally where everyone is seen as basically a family member, which I don't know any other way we can do this, mm-hmm. um, that, that people should be running businesses, your family member being sick is also a stressor. So you all of a sudden have your own stressors of running a business, but you also onboard potential stressors of everyone that works within that family 
their stressors are now your stressors. So it's very hard mm. to remain in good balance of work life um, when you run a business. And I think you're right. Like it, it used to be the compulsion of I should be working right now. There's there's always stuff to do. This is what I've sure. realized. There is never not something to do. You have to basically draw the line and prioritize. I need to take a certain amount for myself because guess what? If you if a lot of people depend on you and you break down or you let stressors get out of balance and you get sick or you become so overwhelmed that you can't do your job optimally, you're going to it it costs everyone else as well. So sure. you taking the day to go on a hike literally is benefiting everyone that works in your business because guess what? You're better to deal with. You're better at communicating. You're better at doing your job to make their lives easier. Like it, it trickles in. It trickles through really far. And I think we've just had to, it was like trial by fire. We both learned by doing, by finding points in our lives that were really out of balance. Yeah. Um, and also another thing that helps restore balance is like if I'm having problems, I just talk to talk to you or I talk to Liv or I talk to my mom. You have to have a social network of people to be able to tell you when you're out of balance, to be yeah. able to call you on your shit. Because when you're in it, you don't know. But when you're like really snappy and you don't even realize it and someone's like, hey, you're not a very good communicator right now. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What's out of balance? That's very important. Yeah. And it's it, there's always things like you say, there's never not things to deal with. And sometimes you can even your your you have to keep your mind in balance, too, because mm -hmm you can be like at a dinner and then there could be like, like three different like two different conversations going on in your mind. And then like another thing you're thinking about all at once. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're like, you could theoretically be like, Oh, I'm, I'm going out to dinner with friends and say like, that's keeping me in balance. But then you can be thinking about all these things while you're at dinner. Yeah. And if you or have your phone hike. right next to you, guess what? You're not at dinner. Yeah. You're, so, you're halfway there. <laughs> so it's like, is your mind at balance? So you, you need to think about, I think just like you say, not feeling guilty about it. This is actually going to benefit me and I'm going to let myself have this time for myself mm -hmm. and not fake it and think I'm doing something good for me, but actually thinking about all this other stuff while I'm doing it. Yeah. And then, um, and then that actually helps everything. And it's like not the end of the world. It's, it's good to clear your, it just keeps you more, um, at bay and, and just kind of never puts you in, in as deep of a hole when you can just let let things go and, and realize like oh I'm just you know everything just when you once you go outside and that's why nature is so good for this is just spending that time in nature will yeah. will show you that you're just uh you're really just an animal and and that's what it comes down to and all this other stuff is made up although um it's stuff that you you have decided to partake on mm -hmm. it, it is made up though so you're everything is kind of um you know, just remembering that. And, and I think that's a big part of balance. People don't realize that over time. Um, and they, they create these stories in their head that just get so blown out of proportion. And they think everything's the end of the world. And I, that, that just bear, uh, tears down their health too. I think it's, it, it's, a. I think these negative thinking patterns and catastrophizing and turning small issues into massive issues without yeah. them even actually turning into that, like literally you are creating artificial potential scenarios in your brain for really bad things that could happen that haven't happened yet. This yeah. is madness. So that's, so let's talk, yeah, let's talk about, about like stress. Well, so, I think that's a, an indicator that you're out of balance is that sure. you start to catastrophize, you start to have negative thought patterns, you start to not want to be around other people or, or, or um, 
participate in social relationships or conversations. Like I think we talked about this as well before is identifying when you're out of balance is just as important as conceptually talking about balance. Because if you don't know when you're out of balance, well, guess what? It's hard to get back into it. Yeah. So it's like finding indicators that you are, might be out of balance and, and managing all of these, it comes down to the stressors, the internal versus external stressors, managing these internal external stressors in your life to achieve more of this balanced state. And and we were talking about before, like you just said, is you can create the human mind so powerful that you can create physiological stress. You can literally t turn your blood pressure up, turn all, ramp all of these systems in your body up by thought alone. I know. So you crazy. could you could be on a beach, and you could be um, you could be drinking a margarita on a beach, but still be thinking these thoughts in your mind because you're that type of person. You've trained yourself <laughs> to think this way. Yeah. And you could be in a fight or flight state sitting on a beach. That's how crazy our, our mind is. I know. So you almost need to just find find out, okay, what are some external stressors and what are some internal stressors um, and, and manage those. And then externally, there's so many different external stressors that we need to balance. Like your your exercise and fitness like your your physicality needs to be balanced with your time spent what about sleep sitting sleep, sleep has a bad rap it has such a branding problem people think that like it's basically the less you sleep the cooler you are and the more harder working you are yeah it's like that has to change because i think it's starting to why is it cool to be unhealthy that's so friggin it's so frustrating why is yeah. it cool to do unhealthy patterns you see that with different it's weird culturally I've seen a couple like younger people online recently that I follow still in that mode. It's like, it almost takes, you need to figure that out yourself. I've seen people talking about like the grind culture is getting mixed in with the, um, I think a lot of these people that are successful, really su successful, you hear what they actually do and you're like, oh, they actually sleep and they actually do yeah. things. The most successful actually, people long-term that can maintain it yeah have to be healthy because if you're not you you can't continue it's a game of energy so i guess you, you could talk about the balance of your energy and and if you're pulling too much energy out of your system and demanding too much energy out of yourself but not replenishing your energy um your energy is going to be out of balance and then you're going to suffer in the form of something mm -hmm. so um yeah I think if really you, successful people are good at avoiding the catastrophic um out of balance events right they're yeah. they're their um, spectrum where they can that teeter-totter can go is much broader because you develop like this resilience where you can handle a lot of imbalance without getting so far out that the teeter-totter slams into the ground so i think yeah so you could think of the gas tank analogy yep. like they're good at not well like what is burnout burnout like you could say is like running out of gas like yep. you could think of it like that so they're good at at never they're good at filling up the tank before they're maybe maybe good at like playing around with it the person who needs to fill up when it's like half a tank because they're they're you know maybe they can they, they can, can go really low that so that they just just go before being empty at times and, yeah. they, and they know how to the thing is you have to know how to reflect like oh wow that was a close call i'm not going to go that close because the smallest thing added could have could have really thrown me like could have made me fail in some respect could have put me so far out that it's catastrophic and i think so maybe it's good to test where that limit is yeah that's I think what it is jordan peterson talks about uh when you're he, he talks about the concept of when you're young it's good to see where he's like i wanted to see how much i could actually work oh yeah so <laughs> he's that. like their period of time i was like what's my limit on working so yeah. and and it's just that like 
just having that in your mind. Okay. Oh, that's what happens when I go this hard. Okay, cool. So now let's back off from there. Yeah. At least we know it. And then, then we have a better idea of it. It's awareness. You have to be aware of the limit to know how close you're able to play with it. And I think the biggest thing that's missing for a lot of people is awareness. And where does awareness come? Well, it comes from when you're able to reflect with an uncluttered mind on what are your stressors? What are the major stressors? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? And how do you restore balance? And guess Mm -hmm. what? You only get that decluttered mind when you reflect and you only are able to reflect when you basically excuse yourself from the chaos of day-to-day life, which means prioritizing time to just spend on life. Mm -hmm. And if you don't prioritize time spent on life, which includes solitary reflection of processing your mental thoughts, you're walking around with a cluttered brain every day and you're reducing actually your ability to be productive and it's like this vicious cycle. Well, I don't want to take time for myself because I should be working. But when I'm working, I don't feel I don't have kind of a clear mind because everything is just jumbled up chaos in my brain. And it's like you continue on this carousel. It's not until you actually take yourself off the carousel, spend time not working, reflecting, thinking mm-hmm. that you can then get back at work and actually be more productive. So it's like people just have to be aware that that's of value. I, and everyone seems you ask people how they're doing and the i think the most common answer how have you been when you ask somebody is busy like yeah. it's always <laughs> always like that's the most common thing i'm hearing these days so and it's almost like people come in like flustered into the clinic sometimes and you're like they're like running in they're like out of breath and i'm like like how are you doing and then it's 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 becoming less common to see somebody come and be like oh i'm like doing pretty good yeah. like it's almost a reflection of like no one says uh, they're not not that they're using the term balance, but everyone is basically saying by saying that is I'm out of balance. I'm out of <laughs> yeah, balance. Exactly. How are you doing? Out of balance. It's, and it's like, <laughs> Busy oh. really means out yeah, of balance. Ba- basically, they're just That's saying that. That's all you that. have to talk about. Uh, so you're like, oh, okay. Um, and then I get, I'm like that too. I'm like, how you been? Like, busy. Like things are busy. And it's yeah. like this weird thing that is somehow good, but also bad. Um, and I think people are just creating these there uh, these like lives that are defined by busyness and then everything's always busy so yeah. like you say they never have time for what you just said they never have time for the reflection but it's weird so the question is do they not know it's important like option one they don't know it's important to make time for the other stuff they think that that's all that matters so that's all they're doing yeah number two they know it's important but they feel that they don't have enough control over their lives to actually prioritize it and i think that is one of the biggest stressors when you know what you're doing is not aligned with your life values if your value is i want to be healthy i want to be happy i want to have good relationships with my family but your life is such that it's so busy and so chaotic that you can't do that that alone is this very big internal stressor that i think conflict creates a a lot of problems for people it's like the, the the bigger the gap between what you the way you the bigger the gap between the way you want to be living and the way you are living yeah creates like you say even more stress well we covered that so the then, ideal self and the actual self yeah. the further apart they are the more stressful every single day is under the hood yeah it just is that's the thing i have i have a we played around with this concept before but the the idea in in like sports that a team will have like in in football for example a team will go through the season and and they'll they'll act a different way in the season for, and then they'll have an off season. So maybe you can apply some of those principles to life too, where it's like maybe you have these kind of micro and macro on season, off seasons throughout yep. the year or over time, um, which can help. And like, what is the off season meant for in like football? It's, it's meant to 
rest, recover, rebuild, get yeah. stronger, um, prepare, uh, work on skills that you might not have been able to work on when you are in the on season. So all of these things that you now have time to work on the things to, to patch your holes up that will ultimately help you when you're in the on season again. So, um, because in the on season, they, they'll show that like football players will actually get beat down. They'll get broken down. They'll get weaker because they're not, they don't have the energy and time to spend, uh, you know, going so hard in the gym. Yeah. Um, they can't work on. So it's, it's like all, all these things and both are necessary because the on season is what is needed to, uh, produce the results. And that's where you can, you can take advantage of all the hard work you did in the off season. Yeah. So, and the off season is a chance to build resilience so that next on season, yeah. you actually have a bigger capacity to handle stress or you're exactly. better at and like so like what if you'd never had an what if you never have an off season yeah people don't have off seasons no. that's a good point what if a football player never had an off season they just played every week for the the whole career yeah they would get they just get destroyed and they'd that's have what like most people are doing in yeah. life <laughs> yeah <laughs> with work exactly you know? and like we we take that same approach like in july i had an insane month it was not it was a lot of travels like four countries every single weekend i was away i flew a total of 60 i traveled a total of 60 hours to be in a country to be in bangkok for 20 hours i'm not saying that's a good thing i would advise no one ever do that and looking back i probably wouldn't have done it but that's one of those experiences where i wonder what the limit is i wonder mm. how well i wonder how good i can be in all other domains of my life in terms of sleep in terms of food in terms of time spent just reflecting on my thoughts so that i can buffer this insane stressor that's stupid to do but mm -hmm. just needed to be done and then the month after took two weeks where it's just like, I just want to relax and disconnect a bit. It doesn't matter that there's a ton of stuff that needs to be done because if I try and just go straight at it without an off season, I'm just going to destroy myself and then I'm not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. So I think people just need to think long term. I think part of that yeah. is an awareness of time, um, long term versus short term thinking. Short term, yeah, working hard every single day makes you a lot of money in the short term. But guess what? Long term, you only have such a, you only have a wick that's so long before the candle completely burns out. Exactly. And I think we go through this basically roller coaster of grind really hard, get destroyed. Whether that's get sick or have some sort of catastrophic relationship event or whatever, we have to be better at knowing those two limits like we talked about before and just meandering in the middle in the middle so that we go through times of more or less stress but we never hit the tipping point of just getting crushed. Exactly. And I like that just made me think of of another analogy to fighting, for example, like look at the best, the most you're saying long-term versus yeah. short-term. So if you look at like fighters, for example, boxers that last the longest, they're not the ones that go guns blazing every fight. Yeah. They're the ones like Floyd Mayweather who can play defense, schedule fights out, you know, with greater distances, um, play defense, not get hit as much. Yeah. Um, so maybe this playing defense concept is not just go, 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 but the defense might be, okay, do the things on the back end to help you uh, recover and not get burnt out from the offensive stuff. Because if you're always going offense and you can't play defense, you're just going to get blown up and your career won't last as long if you're an athlete or if you're an individual. That's a very powerful analogy because a lot of people don't think the way Floyd fights is sexy and it's probably not. But if you know it's that effective. he's a technician, it's effective. And then mm -hmm. take Mickey Ward on the other hand. Well, when he fought Gotti, every time it was a, it was insane. It was chaos. It was very entertaining, very sexy, very showy. Everyone loved to watch it. But guess what? Those guys don't last very long. And no. guess what? Their brains are not, are, are not in a state that they should be for them to age healthy. You know, a lot of these fighters that were the flashy ones for a short period of time, all of a sudden, they don't—they have brains that don't last very long, right? Mm -hmm. They don't live a very good... We don't see Mickey Ward how he's living right now. We don't see how God he's living right now. 
right? We see how Muhammad Ali's living right now, right? And he's definitely not like you wonder if guys like that, if they were asked, if they were of a right mental state and you asked them, would you have done everything the way you did it based on how you are right now? Some of them probably would have said yes, but I would imagine a lot of them would have said no. Yeah. That's right? the, I guess that's the concept of if you, whatever you're doing, are you, do you, are you in control of that? Do you, cause I, again, it's like a lot of smart athletes would, would say, since we're on the athlete subject, I know the risks involved and I guess I'm, I'm living my life imbalanced right now. Um, and I know that, but yeah. it's for this goal and then maybe have a different plan on the, on the backside of that. Yeah. Um, so it's always, it's what your priorities it, and for maybe for them, like making uh, $5 million a year for a 10 year period is worth it. Right. For them yeah. at the time. So, uh, but again, it's, I think it's it's that is do you, is it worth it for you or do you not even know like are you aware it's awareness. of it yeah so not? those three categories people that are that aren't even aware that they that they're out of balance people yeah. that are aware they're out of balance but don't feel that they have the capacity to to control it and then there's people that are aware that they're out of balance want to change it but just don't know the steps to take and I think yeah. that's the biggest group of people that we can help as health professionals or just as people that are trying to put out health education is like help people identify the smallest step they can take. Because what I've learned is the bigger step for change that you're trying to take, the more scary it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that fear literally causes inaction where you're just paralyzed by fear. And you're just like, well, that's such a big goal. Like exercise more is such a vague ass goal and can carry such a big obstacle or, or big, um, like burden to it it's like oh my god i'm gonna have to get a gym membership i'm gonna have to travel there i'm gonna i don't even have 10 minutes let alone an hour every day but if it's like how about you just do two squats every day when you make coffee yeah everyone can do that right and that's one element of restoring balance to focusing more on a physical practice and taking and taking just like 30 seconds a day to just not think about anything else but like just your breath or how your body feels like these are these micro tiny little steps that's where we can help people that person that comes in and, and basically when you say how you doing they're like out of balance probably your biggest concern is not oh okay well let's do some let's do exercises for your knee it's okay well what's up how's your like what's going be, on in your life why are you coming in and telling me that you're crazy out of balance yeah needs out of balance means different it means different things need to happen to get back into balance that's just what what it means yeah because balance is a different proportion of those elements so it means we need to play around with the elements and stick some things in that that can, and then just see how you respond to it so yeah it's like that the change concept is like out of balance okay we need to change something to get back into balance what do we start changing yeah we can start changing a bunch of different things that's why it's i was at a, a course over the weekend run by greg layman and uh it was very insightful but he was he was talking about how excited he was that um, there's so many things we can actually start to attack that will improve somebody's health because it doesn't have to be we don't need to know the right steps to take we don't need to have any one area perfect like there's it's like infinite the amount of ways that you can start improving somebody's health I know and there's That's an awesome. infinite different <laughs> uh, like you're basically a detective mix. yeah there's right? a mix of things too it might yeah. not be like you need perfect sleep before we can move on to this it's like well if you get a little bit more sleep and then we also do this and this then that can again it's that melding of these things together that this, so it's it's very cool that 
there's so much freedom in order to help somebody get better and to help yourself get better. Um, you don't need to know the perfect way to do it because there is no perfect way. There's just a mix of things for you that you can play around with these levers and put some levers up, some levers down. Oh, that feels better. Cool. Crank it up a bit more. Yeah. So um, even perception of balance. Like we talk about what's the minimum change that someone can do. Well, guess what you can change without like really without a huge amount of extra effort is the way you perceive stressors, the way you your perceived balance, right? Like if you just mm. change the way someone thinks to get them away from catastrophic thinking where everything is a huge problem and a huge stressor to just life is good. I have food. I have shelter. I have a support group or a family that loves me. Okay, let's problem solve and look at stressors as basically a challenge or an opportunity to adapt instead of as something that's crushing you because it's easy yeah. to get into that negative thinking rut. Wait, like I, I get into there regularly and it's hard to, to bump out of it. Some people's perceived stressors are different than others. And like some people don't mind the stress of like going for an insane workout or something. But and then that might be like the death of somebody else. Whereas like yeah, for me, yeah. like dealing with certain little things, I realize that causes me more stress than it should. It's like, like always just like, you know, like little things, like I hate the dealing with like the, the taxes and, and all of these like little <laughs> shit, like it, it just like dealing with all these things that you need to deal with. It's like, yeah. that causes me more stress than it should. Um, but it really is not like they're very harmless things you need to do. <laughs> yeah, it's your you perception. Like, it. yeah. And so I've been telling him, it's like, you just need to like, you know, do them and realize, oh, that actually wasn't bad. Like the work I did was like way harder than that or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whereas other people have different frameworks for that, but they might think whatever, like going and talking to somebody or, or, or giving a, a, a talk at work is like the biggest thing in the world. And every time that comes up, that's so, yeah, you have to figure these things out because some of them are very little, some of them are very big, but um, perception of the stressor and just realizing what that does to you because then if it's always on your mind then you're then it's just that little stressor can stick with you way longer than it should be mm -hmm. um so just like dealing with it is is important well another kind of scenario talking about balance is balance when it comes to um your physical your physical training right mm -hmm. like balance between training and recovery and understanding when they're in balance and out of balance like this is something we see firsthand because really what is an injury an injury is you exceeded the adaptation capacity of a certain body part like you pushed your body you exceeded the tolerance limit of your tissues so yeah. you got so out of balance the teeter-totter smashed into the ground you got so out of balance which is fine because you know what injuries are part of learning every injury you have is an opportunity to learn about a problem maybe you didn't know existed or to learn where your limit is mm -hmm. right but I think people look at injuries, if they don't have a strategy to be able to deal with and understand um, and, and rationalize why the injury happened, then it seems like a stressor that they don't know how to deal with, they have no control over, and it's hard to get back into balance with just basically bringing yourself into, like people just don't know when to recover when their training has gotten too intense. That's, and that imbalance exactly. is a massive problem. That direct, like back to that course over the weekend, he, uh, Greg calls this, uh, these endurance copers. So they just keep pushing through until the, until tissue, for instance, is sensitized and don't know that. And he calls a subset of them accidental endurance copers. So they don't know that they're doing this, but they keep pushing into it. And sometimes it's just a matter of like, we need to be aware of that and step back. Like the, you see this in endurance athletes, like, um, cyclists and, and people who are just like, Sometimes the, the answer is like literally just stop doing uh, 
as much of what you're doing for yeah. a little period of time. That's <laughs> all it is. Exactly. It's like, because then Restore that's balance. all it is. Yeah. So you're just doing too much. Like, how much did you cycle? I know you want to keep cycling, but just do like half of that for like two weeks. We'll see how you feel. And then we can add it back in. Like, it's sometimes as simple as that. Um, but that can be applied to any given thing. It's like, I've felt when I go too hard on strength training, sometimes it's finding a balance of all of these things that help me for physical practice. Like, I find I, I work well right now with a few days like I did I, I maxed out some deadlifts yesterday that felt good yeah but I just there's this feeling like okay well I don't want to do max out stuff every day so um, I'll do some heavy strength training like a couple times a week and then um, I, I like doing some lighter stuff a couple times a week and then I'll do some just more like uh, coordination stuff and, and flow stuff so in uh, a little bit of like you need to find that balance and I think I'm in a fairly good balance right now but again it's also good to test my limits. Sometimes I'll go yeah. in the on season, I'll, I'll ramp my strength up, but then you hit a wall. Like I've hit my wall, I hit a wall in the past um, with loading and doing like, just because my pro again, it's like, what's causing you to do that? Well, the program that I was doing caused me to do that. So you could t talk about that being my ideology. My, my program was my ideology and the program said this. So I was doing that and you didn't listen to the, the thing doing the program. You didn't and listen then to your body. You didn't and listen to the body. And then something happens and it can just be fatigue. It can be like a little bit of like back, whatever it is, back irritation. You end up getting injured, whatever it is. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, I was doing too much of this, not enough of this. So finding that balance physically is very helpful. And the and the opposite is true. Like I'm talking for like I, we are physical uh people in the physical culture is, is really important for us. But the, the other end of things is like, Oh, you're doing not enough. Like you're, you're, you're sitting yeah. on your butt all day it's a continuum. and you need to think about restoring some physical stress back into your life and, and pushing your physical body and revving your engines up once in a while so that we can actually uh, restore that balance. So yeah, like physicality um, is another realm that people need balance in. And I've gotten in the habit now of saying, you know, someone that's sedentary that basically sits most of their, um, waking hours instead of saying you need to exercise i just say you don't need to exercise but you need to move yeah and i think that verbiage takes down a barrier because exercise has this really like we turned we ruined exercise like modern culture ruined exercise we look at it as like something that is a chore that you need to do to not get fat that is boring that is dry and it's part of it is because we've removed this element of play where there's a joy with moving with with other people so we've removed mm. the sense of community a lot of times but just saying you need to you need to move more and you know what that starts with stand for the the two minutes at the end of your day before you leave for work stand instead of sit mm -hmm. give them something so infinitesimally small that or like every time there's a break uh, on the show that you watch stand for one minute yeah no one's gonna tell you they can't do that they might feel like oh well that, that's not gonna make any difference well guess what if you do it every day you've stood for seven seven minutes in a week that's yeah. way more than what you're doing right now and so note how you feel from there yeah and when and guess what when the ball gets rolling and they feel how good they feel when when they move more you don't have to do you don't have to be the cheerleader anymore they just do it yeah and it's like people just have to be aware are in control of it exactly now. they just have to be aware and like yeah back to physical i've i'm sure you've had some of these patients where it's humans are insanely complex and we're not saying we have all the answers i think these the podcast is just an opportunity to have conversations and air out our thoughts on things we're thinking of i don't know about you but i've had some patients where it's usually runners and it's very weird because you you get these people coming in and they're in pain right their knees killing them or their back is killing them 
And the archetype for this person is the person that works a high, relatively high stress job. Most of it is sitting and running is their outlet. Running is what they're using to, is their blow off valve for stress. So it's literally a tool they're using to create balance. But the rest of their life is so imbalanced that they are forced to get running, to, to run just to fill their tank up a little bit more. And when running becomes something that's painful, they can't stop because that's what causes the chaos. And so they fixate on, okay, it hurts when I run, my body's breaking down when I run, but if I stop running, my life's going to fall apart. And they, they've identified so much with being a runner that that it's, it's literally like a crisis they're going through yeah. because, oh shit, the only thing that kept me in balance or in perceived balance was this thing and now I can't do this thing. And now it's creating an imbalance. So yeah. like troubleshooting with people and helping them to problem solve is I think the most, and, and in order for that person to approach you and be honest, cause those people you're like, okay, well we're working on this stuff, but you're still running through pain. Like, why are you so dead set of doing this running program? Well, it's cause the rest of my life feels like it's in shambles and running is the only time that I feel I have time to reflect or it's the only certainty in my life. It's the only thing I feel I have control over. And I think with that person, if you just talk about running in their knee, you're going to miss out on the actual problem. And I mm -hmm. think that's where, you know, if you're someone that wants to, like you said before, there's so many things you can help people with when it comes to health. If all you're allowed to help them with as a physical therapist is their physical body, it's very, you've removed so many important tools. That's, right? that's it. Like that person probably, maybe this conversation about sleep or taking five minutes a day to reflect on, on their thoughts. You're not a mental health professional, but you're allowed to help that, give that person advice about how to improve their mental health. Like it's, and you, you might not crazy. be the, exactly. And, it, and it, you might be the only person making, uh, sparking the awareness in them. Yeah. Cause they might not. And again, if, if they do need more, Let's say you've identified crazy mental health issues. The doctor's not having that conversation. No. Put it that way. And you might not be the person to, quote unquote, like directly help them with that or fix them. Um, if you identified something like that's really in need of addressing, but at least you can make them aware of it. And then if they need more help, you can send them to somebody who deals with more with that too. But it, you might be the only one to actually make them aware of this. And yeah. sometimes the awareness alone is enough to start making exactly. a change. So it's important as a healthcare professional, no matter what area you're in, that you keep the other it's i hate this like this stay in your lane thing it's like no you want to like you want to know the the whole thing so you can you can specialize in your lane but but it, you need to explore all the other lanes too because maybe you it's just a matter of like you say the knee's not the issue the, or the the knee isn't the issue it's the the whole uh, it's it's everything that needs to be addressed, and it's and a the global knees, state of balance. He's one of the things that's uh, the alarms going off in the form of knee pain. The alarms probably going off in another in a bunch of different areas yeah. too. All these alarms need to to be make them aware of. And I think like the more we talk about this, the more I realize it really all. If you if you taper it down to one word when it comes to how do you correct imbalances? Well, the biggest word is awareness. Mm -hmm. Awareness that there is an imbalance awareness that you have the ability to to get back into balance right the awareness that you have this sense of control and empowerment that you can affect you are in charge of what happens in your life okay sometimes it doesn't feel like that because of all these obligations or the chaos of life but you are in control you can take one minute and get away from your phone and and just close your eyes and breathe you can do that everyone can do that right and sometimes that's an anchor to be a reminder to be like oh i am in control of my life and without that feeling, it's a. If you don't feel you're in control of your life, that alone is a huge stressor that puts you out of balance always. Mm -hmm. And I think the last topic to kind of um, talk about before we wrap it up is balancing the relationship, 
your, people's relationship with technology. Because yeah. I think technology weaseled into our lives so that it's basically completely intertwined. And we didn't, it happened so quick, we didn't really realize it. So like, for example, putting it into context, people need to have better balance with their phones. Yeah. If your phone is this little leech that's latched onto you at all times and you get anxious when you're not with it, you have a serious imbalance in your in your relationship with technology. Yeah. And we've both gone through it, gone cer- through certain times. And, and like we talked about, finding balance is this dynamic process that you're constantly trying to figure out. It's never, you're never going to have perfect balance. But, you know, if you let comments on your social media profile affect your mood, you're out of balance. Yeah. If, you know, you got to use technology. Don't let your technology use you or affect you in a negative way. And I think a lot of people just have, and it's, it's awareness. Once again, the people that are most addicted that I see in my close network that are most addicted to Instagram are people that aren't aware that they're using social media and that addiction to novelty as a way to cover up imbalances in the rest of their life. Yeah. So that's a big one. And then this imbalance of like this silence versus stimulation. I think a lot of people are using that technology to, uh, to just get away from the silence as well. Um, and there's just, if you always need stimulus, you're addicted to that. That's going to take you way out of whack. Um, and it could be anything else too. The technology is just like the easiest one right now. It's like the most applicable one. And it's the most people don't perceive it yet as something that is as bad. Well, it's start again, it's starting to come out, but people don't perceive it as like, if you use drugs to cover up your, uh, you, your your fear of being with yourself yeah. we we like <laughs> to problem. shit on that but then yeah. <laughs> we don't like to shit on the other things that cover up your your uh yeah it's just instagram yourself. it's just facebook did you see how like and actually it wasn't that long after we did our social media podcast where we broke down like the number of likes and how it's not really healthy um instagram took off the number of likes yeah so only you so, can see them so but people are people... becoming aware it's very slow but yeah. there are like you see that that's a big change because that is not to Instagram's benefit if your interest is in creating an algorithm to get people addicted to social approval. Well, you can but they're still realizing see your likes, we have but to do other this. people can't see your likes, so it's yeah. almost like which I guess True. could be so healthy. It's only a halfway victory. But but now at least you're the only one knowing. Like if you think of like let's say um, somebody who's taking uh, photos of themselves and they get really they're really. Uh, you know, insecure. And if they post a photo and they see that it only gets like whatever, a hundred likes versus and their last one got two fifty, they don't want everyone else to know that it. So at True. least it's taking that so away. Whether they so personally it's just them, care. It's huh. like, now do you personally care? Like no other people can't see it anymore. Yeah. So are you the one to take your photo down because other people see that you didn't get likes on it? That's interesting. Right. So hmm. it's almost like it's gone halfway there. Um, the next step would be like, if you took away all likes, then it would be like, well, you don't even know how this posted. Yeah. You don't know if other people, other people liked it or not i don't think they'll it's it's interesting for sure they won't but it's they're trying to find balance they know they detected something as being unhealthy and i think that's a big step showing that the technology companies are doing things that are not necessarily in their i think they're just thinking long term because if they continue down the path of people being unhealthy then they're shooting themselves in the foot by not taking steps that in the short term might be to their detriment but long term is going to turn people away from their platform so it's it's interesting to see how they're navigating it and people will get used to it too like anything as soon as something changes in a social media platform people get they're like bring back the old way and then it's like then they just get used to it (laughs) yeah a week later they're like oh i I forgot i think it's a yeah I, i think it is a good move and it might be a minor move but it i think it is a good well move. i think including with technology not just social media but um, and this is something that i personally struggle to always find balance with is email because email if email is on your phone 
you constantly have a portal for work available to you at all times. And I think just like people are afraid to be with their own thoughts, so they use novelty like Instagram um, as basically an avoidance tactic to avoid being with their own thoughts because it might be so scary or they just don't know that it's valuable, whatever it is. I think being constantly busy is is a different form of the same adaptation. If you're always busy, you never have to be by yourself. You never have to reflect on the fact that you're le- that you don't have a sense of meaning or that your life is chaos under the hood because you're busy so you're distracting yourself but yeah. it's that same vicious loop if you're on that carousel all the time you need something to bump you off and i think that something is awareness back to the same thing yeah if you're aware there's an imbalance and you're aware of things you can do to to start solving the imbalance to rectify the imbalance then you have everything you need to make that change and if you don't then it's just continuing to think of why am I not changing things I know are a problem and I know how to change. Mm-hmm. That's like our perpetual job as, as health educators, just how do we help people become aware and then become confident that they can actually make the changes that they're now aware need to be made. Mm-hmm. It's very, and give them some tools along the way. Like the tools still yeah, matter. They the, matter a lot. Uh, it's, it's always, it's the nuances. Like you get pulled away from the specific sometimes, um, you can go too deep into the specifics, but then you can also go, um, you can also forget that the specifics also matter a lot. Yeah. Like there's a much better ways you can be like, well, you know, all the specifics don't really matter because they need to get all these other things in check. And they're, uh, and so that specific exercise doesn't matter, but it's like, but it also matters, right? So you might address that. It's not just that exercise that's going to help them, but that one is way more effective than these other ones too. Yeah. So it's both. Yeah, and people can't, it's weird how on social media you see that there's these like ebbs and flows of things and people will kind of get away from this. They're like, you know, this, what is this? This doesn't, you know, we shouldn't be so concerned about uh, these things. It's like, we'll also be concerned about those. If you're just looking for a good results, you, you can hit the specifics well and you can hit the general well. Like it's, yeah. it's both. And I think uh, that like strategies and tools... Like if someone, okay, the picture that I see in my brain is like this massive dragon, which is modern society, which is stress, which is the chaos of modern life. And then you have like a, a, a knight, right? Or the female version of a knight to, to, stay, <laughs> to stay politically correct. Um, you have a person that's fighting this massive dragon. The dragon is intimidating as shit. It's this big dragon. They don't know how to defeat that dragon. But guess what? If you have a conversation with them and you help them become aware of the weak spots of that dragon or you give them a tool, right? Mm-hmm. You give them a sword. Well, guess what? They're a lot more confident now that they can start to fight the dragon. You can't fight the dragon for them, right? You're not no. giving them the miracle, but you're equipping them with what they need to be able to feel confident that they can start fighting the dragon. Mm-hmm. If you give them a sword and you're like, yeah, if you hit it in this one tiny spot, the whole dragon dies, right? Yeah. That might be the rate limiting. That might be the smallest thing, you know, in reality, that might be the smallest thing they can do to start affecting change in a positive way. And you make it so easy and and you support them so much that they feel empowered to do it. That's all it takes. Yeah, no, exactly. They still have to fight the battle. They have to do the work. But if they're empowered with an awareness of the problem and the the knowledge needed that they can feel confident that they can start to deal with it, they they go that journey on their own. You just have to guide them and and support them. Mm. And I think that encompasses health. And I think that's a good way to wrap things up is just... Finding balance means a lot of different things. And I think work-life balance is probably the biggest overarching one that covers everything you said, right? When you first started, you know, relationships, a physical practice, mental health, all that fits under life. And I think we need to 
improve our balance between the things that matter that tend to be easy to deprioritize with the things that still matter work still matters you got to make money to pay for shelter and food but the things you know one make sure that you're not working for the sake of buying stuff that really doesn't matter yeah. right like is is having a nice car more important than having a good relationship with your family i think most people would say no but most people also but would act don't like it yes but then they're acting in discordance with their yeah. life value so make sure you're living according to the true values that you have in your life and i think everyone wants to be healthy and happy and in order to be that way you have to be within that kind of spectrum of balance where the teeter-totter is not to be perfect you don't have to have perfect balance but you need to know where the limits are and identify when you're exceeding them and feel confident that you can bring it back into balance um so anyway hopefully that podcast um gave gives you some idea of how you can affect positive changes in your own life or with the people around you and uh, we'll catch you next week